0: Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. I know I say that every week, but we are glad to have you with us every week. And today I just wanted to talk about kind of who's in the room with me. Um, my name's Sam, and uh, I'm a failure at being a husband. And with me today is it's Robbie. Robbie.
1: It's probably easier to, for me to figure out where I'm not a failure, but I'm certainly a failure at business. Do you need some ideas? <laughs>
2: <laughs> i have just say it. Maybe I can help you there a little bit.
1: But my name is Robbie and I, I am a failure
2: at business. My name is Al, and I'm a failure at being healthy. Gluttony's my game. Eating too much.
3: My name is Vinny, and I guess I'm a failure in most of my life by not listening to my wife. Uh
0: Wow, now I got nothing else to say. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about that? I mean, I know it sounds like the beginning of a uh, Something Anonymous meeting, and, and it is. It's kind of like Failure Anonymous, right? And so we're, we're getting up and we're telling a little bit of our story. And the reason I wanted to talk about this topic, to talk to the team about it, and they wanted to talk about it was I think there's times that when you listen to a radio show, you begin to feel like the hosts have it all together. Now, if you've listened to our show long enough, you really realize <laughs> we don't have it all together. But we are learning as we go. We're, we're Christians in growth. You know, we may just be a little bit ahead of you at some times, but there have been times you're ahead of us. And so we just want to continue to be authentic, which is a big part of who we are on this show and how to help men and the women that are listening to get through those times in life that are hard. Now, Al, I know there's probably been times in your life
2: that you felt like a failure. Oh man, I would say the first three quarters of my life. Absolutely. In fact, there was a time up until, um, I got the job, my previous job, I'd, had a job with at least one job a year, maybe more. So, and and then that last job I made, I asked God, I said, look, if this next one doesn't work, I'm just going to quit. And the next job lasted for 20 years. But before that, at 52, before that into my thirties, I couldn't keep a job.
0: You know, I think there's times that we all have to face those, the, the pieces of truth that we may be failing at something. But failing at something doesn't necessarily make us a failure. But before we get into that a little bit deeper, I want to play a clip. And this is a clip from the movie Back to the Future. And in this, just listen to Doc and how he's talking with Marty and uh, how he seems to feel like he's a failure. Invented
2: any time machine. Okay, all right, I'll prove it to you. Look at my driver's license. Expires 1987. Look at my birthday, for crying out loud. I, I haven't even been born yet. Tell the truth, Doc, you gotta believe me. Then tell me,
3: future boy, who's president of the United States in
2: 1985?
3: Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? Then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. I suppose Jane Wyman. He's a first lady! Whoa, wait, Doc! Uh, Jack Benny, the secretary of the treasury! Oh. Doc, you gotta listen to me! i got enough practical jokes for one evening. Good
2: night, future boy! No, wait, Doc! Doc, the, the, the bruise! The bruise in your head! I know how that happened. You told me the whole story. You were standing on your toilet, and you were hanging a clock, and you fell, and you hit your head on the sink, and that's when he came up with the idea for the flux capacitor, which is what makes time travel possible. Why? That's me. Look at me. I'm an old man. I'm Dr. Emmett Brown. I'm standing here on the parking lot. At Thank God 25. I've still got my hair. What on earth is this 25. thing I'm wearing? Well, wow, this, this is a uh, radiation suit. Radiation suit? Of course. Because of all the fallout from the atomic wars. This is truly amazing. A portable television studio. No wonder your president has to be an actor. He's got to look good on television. Whoa, this is it. This is the part coming up, Doc. No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. But I need a
3: nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electric... 1.21 gigawatts! Great God! How could I have been so careless 1.21 gigawatts? Tom, how am I going to generate that kind of power? It can't be done, can it? Doc, all we need is a little plutonium. Oh, I'm sure that in 1985, plutonium was available in every corner drugstore, but in 1955, it's a little hard to come by. Marty, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid you're stuck here.
0: So, Robbie, that was a clip that you picked, so tell us a little bit about that one. Uh,
1: yeah, I thought it was a, a fascinating thing that, of course, most of us have seen the movie, which is absolutely outstanding. But Doc Brown has bought the lie that, that he's such a failure that he can't first of all, believe that his experiment works. And then it's hard for him to believe that he can solve a problem, although obviously the guy is a phenomenal genius and was gifted in all these different ways, but he's been so attacked in his life, like many of us are, that Satan has him convinced he's got nothing. And in spite of that, he's, he's extremely humorous. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts is a lot of power, Vinny, I'm just saying. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, you know, how many of us have bought that that we our specific gift whatever it is has actually
0: been pushed down ever since we were kids you know you have that whole component you have times in your life where you make bad decisions right and they do lead to some level of consequence which can make you feel like failure Um, I know there's been times that I felt like a failure as a father especially as you have kids that get older and they they make their own choices sometimes those are great choices Sometimes they're not so great choices. And in those, the enemy comes at you and says, you know what? If you would have done something better, if you would have done something different, if you wouldn't have been such a failure, then maybe, you know, your family wouldn't be here or maybe your kids wouldn't be here. And so, you know, maybe there's some little element of truth that we should learn how to do things differently. But that's kind of what growth is, right? We try something that doesn't work. At some point we put our finger into the candles flame and realized we don't want to do that a second time. It's those types of things that help us learn to we, where we don't do it again. And so Vinny, I know you had a great point that something, some reason to keep in mind while failure is important and how it has to do with success.
3: Well, that that's exactly right. How do you know you're a failure? Uh, when you're successful, right. you know, one is goes with the other. Uh, I couldn't grow a green lawn in my my whole life in my house uh, and I still can't grow hair so does <laughs> that make me a failure? No. This is what the, the good Lord has chosen for me and I'll go along with what he wants and that has been my philosophy for many many years now. Uh, I think I was a failure for many years and At my age, I've been a success for many years, too.
0: I think it's a great point. Unless you've really failed, you don't really know how to understand what success looks like.
3: Exactly.
0: Because they do feed off of one another. You don't know if you've arrived there in the success portion of it. I know for me that I, I battle lots of times when the enemy does come after me failure. You know, that failure may be work related, it may be home related kind of bounces back and forth at times like a, a ping pong ball, uh, but th- it is a constant way that the enemy tries to <clears> at least attack me. Now, I can't speak for you guys, but is that something that kind of happens with you as well?
1: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, duh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, minute by minute, there, there are so many attacks, and, and it's a matter to try to determine what voice you're listening to. Right. And the voice that, that sometimes is your family, um, coming at you better than almost anybody with, oh, that we, you know, in your case, Sam, I, I can't help but think of how your sister pushed that button on you for, that you had nothing
0: valuable to say. I think that story is speaks volumes to that issue. Thanks. I'd like to share it, but now I feel like I have nothing to say. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. Uh, yeah, growing up with, with an older sister, I don't know what her issues were. I don't know what her issues were with me, but when you're very, very young. You don't have some reasoning ability that you need to have. And all I heard from her for years was, shut up, motor mouth. You got nothing to say. You have nothing important to say. No one wants to hear anything that you have to say. Yeah. And so I basically grew up with this for many, many years of wanting to be heard, but feeling like even if I did say something, I really didn't have anything to say. And, and so that was a big attack on what I felt like God's really called me to do at times in my life which is to be able to be a part of things like this or to be at a part of a boot camp where you get an opportunity to get in and share what he's done. And not that I necessarily have anything important to say about me, but the work that he's done through me. And that's what the enemy was trying to squash was to try to take us out on that. Take me out on that.
2: You know, I think back to when I was a kid, there was just a a long list of things that happened. Um, I remember when I was three, um, my friend and I got into a fight and his dad was there telling him what to do and it didn't hurt, but I ran home because I thought something's wrong. I don't have my dad, you know, I'm behind everybody else and I'm, I'm no good. And as I got into school, (laughs) they said I was a slow learner. They said that I um, was uh, learning disability with reading and they would ask me, read the story. What is the story? You know, what did you get from it? And I tell them, they're like, that has nothing to do with what you read. But what I would do is I would read, see Dick run, see Dick run in the in the pasture, see Dick sees the horse, and I would think, oh, I'm going to catch that horse. I'm going to catch that horse. I'm going to ride around the town. I'm going to protect the city. I'm going to become the sheriff. And I would tell them that story because I got a couple of lines in and my creativity took over. But what was the label? Learning disabled. He has a reading disorder. And that went on throughout my life that um, – Everybody kept trying to tell me the things that I wasn't strong at, my weaknesses, instead of, instead of helping me find my strengths. And it's, that's what I think the enemy does, is he wants to prey on those weaknesses instead of, you know, the people around you circling around and saying, hey, man, you're really good at this. This is something you want to consider, you know, doing more of.
0: Well, isn't a whole lot of life a report card? <laughs> I mean, we, we think it's school. But, you know, there's always some type of report card on how you're doing compared to somebody else, how you're doing on where you think you should be. There's all these things that are report cards on you. And when you start to believe the report card and think that that is the value of who you are.
2: How many times does that report card start and end inside your head without verbal words? When other people talk, it's just reaffirmed. But it all starts in your head when you believe the lies.
0: Well, and is is isn't most people or aren't most people. That was great English. You can say I didn't really do well at English class. But, uh, <laughs> well, I have to come back with that here in a second. But for <laughs> most people, I believe they remember the negative things a lot longer than they remember the positive things. And I think that's something that we really have to battle against because the enemy wants to remind us of those negative things. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you move through these stages of failure? How do you look at them for what they truly are? How do you hold on to your identity in the midst of it? If you want more information about us, go to masculineJourneyradio.org.
3: Leaving your keys in
0: the ignition is an open invitation to a car thief. In their rush to get away, sometimes they don't bother
3: to check inside. Whoa, down boy. Protect your ride. If you know something about a car theft, call us at 1-800-TEL-NICB
0: good dog a public service message from the national insurance crime bureau
2: my battle buddies and i attended the nhl stadium series at yankee stadium we had the time of our lives vet ticks we can't thank you enough Every empty seat at a concert, a
1: game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Visit vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life.
0: really like this song this is one of your favorite songs right you're the one that picked
2: this song. i thought it was a funny song that was appropriate for the show i'm not saying it's a favorite song it was from gilligan's island
0: it was from gilligan's island and that was pretty amazing that you remembered that i mean i used to watch all those shows when i got home from school you know yep and, that's what I saw. And, I, and i didn't actually remember that until you said something it was the mosquitoes i guess you said robbie that sang that that's right i do remember a little bit about that because it kind of <laughs> had that beatles look I think yeah. at the time and that song may bug you it's it's a
2: uh, 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 that, I'm a failure at good puns. <laughs> You're in good company. We, <laughs> so we
0: are talking about a loser, a failure, these labels that sometimes that we take on mm-hmm. that have some elements of truth to them. If they didn't have elements of truth to them, we probably would be able to push them away. But the enemy's really good at taking a little bit of truth and fertilizing it really well. Oh,
2: fertilizer is a good word.
0: Yeah, to where it really produces some bad seed right? and some bad crops. And so how do you handle those times when you feel like a failure? How do you say, okay, how do I move past that? But before we answer that question for you, we're going to go to a clip. And this clip, probably you can set it up for us if you would.
1: Yeah, uh, it's from the movie Cars, as you might imagine, from the Christian Car Guy, naturally. And it You might remember Lightning McQueen is is the all-star, young, whippersnapper kind of guy comes to town, and he's being harassed by a doc who is the police chief who is a Hudson Hornet, and he happens into a doc's garage, and lo and behold, doc had all these piston cups, which meant he was a rock star race car at one time, and Lightning cannot figure out why it was that he didn't want the world to know he used to be a great race car.
3: Doc, hold it. Seriously, your driving's incredible. Wonderful. But go away. Hey, I mean it. You've still got it. I'm asking you to leave. Come on, I'm a race car. You're a much older race car, but under the hood, you and I are the same. We are not the same. Understand, now get out. How could a car like you quit at the top of your game? You think I quit? Back in 54 they quit on me when I finally got put together I went back expecting a big welcome you know what they said your history moved right on to the next book standing in line there was a lot left in me I never got a chance to show them I keep that to remind me never to go back I just never expected that that world would would find me here. Hey, look, Doc, I'm not them. Oh, yeah? No, I'm not. When is the last time you cared about something except yourself, Hot huh, Rod? You name me one time, and I will take it all back. Uh-huh. I didn't think so. These are good folk around here who care about one I don't want them depending on someone they can't count on. Oh, like you? You've been here how long and your friends don't even know who you
2: are? Who's caring about only himself? Just
3: finish that road and get out of here.
0: You know, Robbie, I think I cut you off as you were talking, which I'm really okay with. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you probably had something more you wanted to say on that.
1: Uh, no, no, it was. It's when you know, Lightning confronts him with, you know, what in the world's going on here? And I find it fascinating. The enemy, when he stays on your case like that, when, you, when your vision starts coming off of Christ and starts coming back on self and my value and what I can do and what I can't do, as Doc's was in this particular case, then all of a sudden Doc had to create this very elaborate fig leaf um, in that town, like lightning called, it called him on it. Nobody knows who you really are. Mm-hmm. And, and he had disguised his true identity. You know, in a car sort of world, um, God came after him there. And and there he was, you know, confronted with who he was and had an opportunity to rise again to the occasion as we find later in the movie. <laughs> well,
0: if you haven't watched it, thanks, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. You know, and it, this seems so obvious, and and you guys probably were way ahead of me. Well, maybe everybody but Al was way ahead of me on this. Sorry, that was a joke. Uh But where where does that failure come from? And and in Doc's case, it came from woundedness. The feeling of failure came from woundedness and from an external thing that was put upon him. But there's some other times that failures come from fears, right? I can feel like a failure if I'm fearing that I'm not going to be this or I'm not going to get there. It it can come from expectations placed on you from others. And, And as Doc was talking there, it really became a little bit more clear to me that those come from lots of different places. And so, you know, Al, I wanted to ask you as I was joking with you earlier do you think a lot of the time the failure that you face, that you think about, is that coming from a place of where you've been wounded?
2: Oh, you know, it's, it, it comes from woundedness from other people, self inflicted wounds, and it came from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And you know, about, 10 years ago, a friend of mine from high school came to a family or not a family reunion, but a church reunion. And he, he was with my friends and, um, he said, yeah, my mom and I were talking and she couldn't believe that you were still alive. And I was like, what? She goes, let alone married with a job. And I thought that really hurt. But by the same token, when I, when I was hurt, my wife said, man, look how far you've come. She said, you're a comeback kid. And, it, for me, it goes back to being fathered by God, the restoration. When I get those lies that come at me, I remember something that I was told. I was made in the image of God. He doesn't make junk. And so I, when I hear those lies, I start focused, a focused prayer. Take these lies away from me. Take me out of this. Don't let the enemy get in my head. Don't let him mess me up. And I, you know, something my dad told me just recently, last year or so, I was talking to him about why he never played basketball and he goes, Al, I was never good at it. Why would I want to spend my time when everybody else is great at it? And I'm not, he said, I'm going to focus my time on what I'm good at. And I'm like, "Why? Well, I wish you would have told me that when I was five, you know, because so often I pursued things that were my weakness. I tried to fix my weaknesses instead of pursuing my strength. And there's a great book out there called strength finders. And it's got an online test. But it tells you about what your strengths are. It's an amazing book that will help you look at yourself differently because we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And that means that there are things inside of us that n- nobody else has the ability but us to do. And understanding what your spiritual gifts are, understanding what your, your physical and mental and emotional gifts are, it's a huge tr- turnaround if you be- from believing the lies. Uh,
0: thank you. Go ahead, Vinny.
3: I I know I've told you this story, you guys over here, but I don't know if I said it on the air. The very first time that I felt failure, as everybody knows that I come from New York City, and uh, we used to play stickball and dodge the cars coming down the road. I was about 10 years old, and we're out in the street playing stickball, and it was in the summer, and all the people in the houses come on out, There was no air condition. There was nothing. They were all outside on sidewalks and stoops. And we were playing stickball. And me and my, actually, he was my best friend from the block. Uh, We got into a little skirmish with the ball, you know. My father comes walking up behind me and slaps me in the head and yelled at me, Mm -hmm. fight him, knock him out, don't do this pushing and, you know, we were kidding around, and I had to fight him, my best friend, you know, which I didn't want to do, and I went home, I couldn't help but feel that my father thought I was a failure, mm-hmm. because I didn't do what he would do, but he was a grown man, if you want to fight somebody for for good reason or not. Anyway, I woke up the next morning, and we used to have the penny pinball machines, Mm -hmm. and I put it in there. I got a a gumball, and I called up Roland. That was his name, and uh, I gave it to him. I said, I'm sorry. You know, but anyway, the point of being a failure, that was the very first time that I thought that I was a failure, how my father saw the situation.
0: It makes me wonder how many times uh, we feel like God may think we're a failure. Al, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been tried tried to be convinced that maybe God may feel like you're a failure early in your Christianity?
2: Oh, I can. I would say before I went to my first boot camp, I was sitting. I'd go to work early, and I was meeting with some friends, and I kept saying, "I think God's mad at me. I just got this incredible feeling that He's angry with me." And they're like, what are you talking about? These are my Christian friends that I was meeting with. And they said, you know, why would he be angry with you? What, what great sin have you done that he would maintain some anger with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just get this feeling. And that's when they said, that's not God's personality. That's not God. God wants a positive f- relationship with you as a father son. He's not looking to be angry with you. It, for me, I needed to hear that. Because, and I talked to somebody just recently who believed God is a God of judgment. I, you know, he's so, um, he's so good and so perfect, but it's that judgment that keeps me in line. I'm like, you know, you're right. He, he's got judgment for those that are non-repentant. But when you're repentant, he wants that father-son relationship with you. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the father except through me. The father, your father.
0: I think there was a a kid's song, you know, once upon a time back at all the times that we've been at, uh, like, church camps and things like that as kids growing up or maybe vacation Bible school that was uh, Jesus Loves Me, right? And in that song, isn't that the one that says that, you know, when we are weak, he is strong? And I think that there's times that we need to just realize that in that weakness, in those times that we feel like a failure, the answer that we have is to turn to him and to take some of his strength to get through that situation.
2: It was never meant to be, you know, a solo um, journey. I mean, this is a father-son journey or a father-daughter journey. Where if you try to do it alone, you're destined to get lost and you're destined to trip and fall. You're destined to get off the path. But if you walk it with your father and you listen to him and you stay focused with his voice. He's going to guide you to where you need to be. It's all about trust and love.
0: It is. It's all about trust and love, and it's also dealing with the truth. The truth is sometimes we do fail. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we make good decisions. There's consequences for those decisions, and they can make you feel like a failure. But it's when you got to hold on to that identity that you have in God, knowing that He doesn't look at you like a failure, but as a loving child that He wants to help get through a very difficult problem. So if you're feeling like you're a failure today, turn back to that loving father and say, God, I really need your strength today to help guide me through this. We appreciate you listening and we look forward to talking to you again next week.